Hi, I'm Morvan Westfield, and you're listening to Vampires, Witches, and Geeks, a podcast about vampires, modern witches, and geeky stuff. This is episode six, Interview with Kerrigan. This episode was recorded on September 18, 2008. Today's guest, Kerrigan, fits into both the witch and the geek categories. With no previous technical training, he taught himself podcasting, starting the Witchcrafting podcast back when I was just beginning to be a listener, never mind a podcaster. Kerrigan, welcome to Vampires, Witches, and Geeks. Thank you so much, Morvan, for having me. You're welcome. And first, let's tell the listeners, when did you start podcasting? Because I think... I found out about your podcast just maybe two years ago, but you'd already been doing it for a few years. Yes, it's true. I've been doing it. I'm not sure of the date because it was around 2000, so I don't know if it was 2001, 2, 3, or 4, but I guess it was 2004. But I began very early, and there was a few documentation at the time. So at first, before I was a podcast, I was a listener of podcasts. And there were some podcasts around, pagan podcasts, but not much. And I understand, as I said, you know, you don't have any technical training. You were actually trained as an actor and director. Exactly, exactly, yes. I was uh, trained as an actor. Actually, my major in college in Portugal was theater, uh, theatrical arts, and I majored in directing. So I can imagine that would help you, you know, with the guests and everything. And that's another thing. I think we've spoke before that you're a listener, and you said that one of the things you noticed that was lacking was, was a pagan talk show. Well, um, as I said to you before, I was a listener first. And what I noticed was that there were very interesting podcasts, pagan podcasts, but there was one thing that was lacking. There's a lot of chronicle kind of podcasts where people say things and make, you know, chronicles and stuff. But there was no interviews as a talk show. So I decided to make a podcast where you can have let's say, sofa talk with somebody that has something to say or very, you know, something interesting to say. And not only big name pagans, but also common people, common pagan people. And what I wanted to know, because I'm very, very curious, uh, it's in my nature, I can't do anything about it. It's what are the perceptions of these people about their practices, how they do things, how they feel about the threefold law, how they feel about the goddess, how they feel, because everybody has this perception. So I wanted to know in a broad scale what is going on with the pagans worldwide and how they feel about their religion and about their very specific aspects of that religion. But let's let's do this in, a, in an open talk show where people can actually have a say and, and say things that might maybe upset some people but that's that but we have to talk we have to i mean i think that talking is so good because people can understand themselves and understand others and you know you can agree or disagree but but it's good it's healthy so i wanted a talk show and that's what i did i did witchcrafting podcast a talk show 
that was that was the main idea. And that's you know one of the things there are a lot of pagan forums out on the internet and a lot of for instance Witchvox is a site it's not a forum but it's a lot of articles mm-hmm. by people but you know it's well known that the written word doesn't always express the feelings and emotions of the person speaking. You've got that when you interview them personally. Well, I try to capture the personality of people and I try to take out the best of them. I want the conversations to be as relaxed as we are talking now, as I was in your living room, uh, and, you know, have this relaxed conversation, but, you know, focusing on very important issues and very important parts of the pagan religion. That was, uh, that was my main idea. But the, the conversation is very, very relaxed. It's like I have a cup of tea with these people and we are talking about, you know, very trivial things, although the, the theme of this conversation, it's not trivial at all. And sometimes it's a little bit controversial and has a little bit of spice in there. So that was the idea. But you always, you know, I've been a listener for a long time now, and you always seem to make people feel right at home and so comfortable. And I know you interviewed me once, and <laughs> I, I felt completely comfortable, and the words just flowed. It was great. <laughs> but I understand that you, you've been busy. You haven't been doing the podcast as much because you've got a new project. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> that was a little bit. <laughs> I know, because people are waiting for the podcast so much, and uh, for so long, actually. I, I actually released uh, an episode recently with Morgana Davis. But, yes, wonderful um, episode, by the way. Exactly, but it was a long time because it was almost a year since I interviewed you. And you were one of the last people that I interviewed. Why? Because I was making a CD of chants. I was trained as an actor, and as you know, actors have to use their voice. And I was, I was trained on voice classes on my years of, of college. So I always use my voice as an actor. I project the voice. I have all the techniques and all that stuff. But I always thought that voice is more than sound. It's vibration. It's something that it's beyond the, just the sound. So it's energy. It's air conduct energy. So the energy goes into the air and do stuff. And that is very important. Actually, if you go back to the Greeks, that is exactly the same idea. It's what they had in mind when they did the tragedies and the comedies and the big theaters in ancient Greece. So a voice and sound, it's magical. It has power. It's not because it's just sound. It's because it's, it's magical sound. So I thought, why not apply this in ritual? And I did. And then, as you said, I'm a self-taught person on the computer that I love software. And I have this software about sound. It's almost like a studio in your computer. It's very cool. And I was, like, trying things, and it has, like, these channels and these layers, and I was, like, doing this voice, and then I'm, I'm going to do the other one, and I'm going to do it underneath it, and I'm going to do another one on top of it. And I was trying and trying, and it sounds good in the end. So I tried... Okay, so let's do a chant and see what is it like. So I try to chant because I'm not a musician. I don't have the the, the training as a, you know the musicians have. Right. I don't know a nay from a C. I mean I don't know, but I I have a good ear. So that's all I got. 
and I chant. I, I can use my voice, and I all, always use my voice in ritual. So I try to do that. It sounds good in the end, and that's the whole idea of it. So I, I just begin to do it and do it and do it, and now I have a CD that it's, it's out right now. That's right. I believe we're recording this. Let's see, today's date is the 18th of September, and I yes. think you said it was released on the 13th. Exactly, yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's great. Yes. So, and I don't know if I'll have this podcast out in time for people to know this, but you're going to actually be attending the Eastern Mass Pagan yes. Pride event. Exactly, yes. Right. You, so you, people... you know, one thing more than let me give you just a little secret. Okay. Just between you and me, okay? Nobody else is a, listening a, to a us, right? A million listeners. <laughs> um, there is another CD that it's going to be prepared now. I have a second CD in mind, and it's it's a CD that it's about the Omer hymns to the gods. Oh, the um, Americans, you know, yes, yes. Exactly, the American hymns. So it's very beautiful because it, it was written in the time when there, those gods were worshipped, actually. So we are trying to go and to waken the words and the sounds again. Wow. And have those ends to come alive again on CD. So that, that's the next album. That's interesting. You know, it's funny. I'm yeah. reading um, a book of fiction right now, American Gods yeah. by Neil Gaiman. Oh, I know that. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And it's funny because when I remember when I first started reading about modern paganism, there were some people yeah. were, who were saying, you know, how can you worship a Greek god when you're living in America or Portugal or, you know, anywhere? Yeah. But yeah. the premise of this novel is that when the people came over from other countries, they literally brought their gods with them. Exactly. Exactly. So if you look at it that way, yes. and you are bringing the the hymns that Homer wrote, exactly. and you're chanting them and vibrating them again. Exactly. Exactly. That's fascinating because according to, you know, what Neil Gaiman's premise was in this work of fiction, exactly. then that would be bringing the gods back. Exactly. Uh, it's very interesting because there are some cultures that have this universal kind of layer on them. So you can just actually pick the gods and the goddesses from that particular pantheon and worship them today. That's true. Without anything. You can worship anywhere. But there are mm -hmm. other pantheons, and I'm talking about the Lusitanian pantheon, which is a very specific pantheon. From um, It englobes the Portugal region and Spain region. So it's Lusitania, all that country. It's a very specific pantheon. And although it's very similar in characteristics, uh, temperamental characteristics, with the Egyptian pantheon, you cannot worship those gods and goddesses if you don't have a piece of land from Portugal or Spain. In other words, you, you can worship them, but you have to have a stone that you brought from those countries. And then on that, you have to set up an altar, and then you can worship them. So there are some specificities to this kind of pantheons. Not all pantheons are, let's say, open to everybody. Uh, or right. every cult, or everybody can. No, you have to have some specificities to this particular pantheon, and then you can worship. You can. I mean, you can. Nobody, you know, is going to stop you, but the correct way to do it, it's this way. And to make the connection with the exactly. deity, exactly. you have to follow their rules. Exactly. 
And I think that, for instance, if you want to um, uh, have a, a true connection, well, you can have actually a true connection with the gods. That's that's okay. But um, it's always a good a good idea to have a, a little piece of the land, a little bit of sand, a little bit of um, you know dirt, a little bit of or or a rock or or a piece of stone. It's it's very little, but but it's the connection that it matters. And in this particular pantheon, it's essential. Some of the other pantheons are not, but this is a very, very, very specific thing from the Lusitania tradition, which I came from. An interesting story. I actually had the good fortune to visit Hawaii, and as you know, the goddess is Pele. I remember reading in the guidebooks and other books about Hawaii that the people who take stones and try to take Pele with them usually end up literally mailing them back to the state park where the volcanoes are, saying that they've had grave misfortune. So in that case, Pele does not want to go elsewhere. She likes where she is. Exactly. It's very interesting because, um, well, some people, you know, tourists, but people don't really have the connection to this to the land, and they don't really know the costumes. It's a, it's a tourist. I mean, it's a tourist. You pick up a little bit of right. sand in Egypt if you go there. I mean, it's obvious. You go to right. the pyramids. You put a little sand on your pocket, and you, you, you bring it to America. And you always remember that that piece of sand came from the, 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 the pyramids of, of Egypt. Another right, thing it's a that souvenir. It, exactly. Yes. Another thing that is very interesting. I was reading this site in the other day of a guy that was a practitioner of Hellenist or Hellenismus, Hellenism, which is a recreation or um, revival of the uh, Greek religion, ancient religion, the Greek gods, uh, the Greek pantheons. And it was very interesting because they had somehow they have this uh, in America. They have this uh, reconstruction of a cyclop, not a cyclop. How do you call the the, the man with half half a horse and half a man? Oh, centaur. centaur. They have this. I don't know if it is in California or in, I don't know. It's some university in the United States. They have this this reconstruction of this skeleton of this uh, creature, and apparently there is a place in Italy where you can go. And actually, it's it's the the name of the of the place. It's a cave, and it's the cave of the centaurs. And uh, mm. the guy went there. And it was a secret because nobody wanted to for him to go there. He went into the museum and he said, you know, you need a key to go the, to this cave and you need a guide and the guide is blah, blah, blah. So it was very, very difficult. Well, on the end, he went in through this so strange and, and inspiring and, and transcending experience on that cave it was amazing. And the guy was an American guy that was there. He wanted to know a little bit more. It was just, it's just a Da Vinci code of the, <laughs> of the center. It's just amazing. <laughs> uh, it's a very interesting story. And, uh, you know, you don't know the land any, until you know the costumes and the land. Just, I, I just, I advise people before they go to this, because people want to go to Greece and want to, you know, visit the ancient temples and, and, and Egypt and all that stuff stuff. 
just read about the places and the costumes and what you should or should not do because sometimes you, yeah because sometimes people don't know exactly. and it's not their culture it's it's fine but they at least they have to be a little bit more informed about that right because as we said there are some the gods you're talking about yes lusitania yes, yes, they want yes. you to bring a piece of rock or a piece of the land, whereas Pele yes. does not. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly the opposite. Right. Exactly. Yes, yes, that's true. Now, yes. I understand yes. that you've given me a clip that I can add to this mm-hmm. podcast of one of the chants. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about that? All of the chants are made only by me. There is no instruments whatsoever. That's not true. It, uh, I mean, the, the instrument, there is no instruments whatsoever, but it's not only by me because there are two chants in there, actually three that are not me, or uh, not only me, but uh, there is other people. Guest vocalists. Exactly, guest vocalists. Uh, I don't have any instrument whatsoever in that CD, so everything is made by my breathing or my voice, so everything is voice made. There is no instruments. And there are two CD, uh, two uh, tracks on the CD that are made in collaboration with other people. And a third one that it's just with Jamal Fiosa, which is the um, author of A Voice in the Forest, Rich Conversations with Alexander. Right. And so uh, it's a very beautiful uh, poem that he wrote, and he is the one who is actually saying it. The other two tracks, one of them is only made with priestesses of, of the craft, and it's based on the charge of the goddess, and it's a collaboration of priestess from all over, all over the world, from England, from America, from Portugal. So there's a mix of everybody. And another one is, and this chant is called Listen, and the other one is uh, the In to Pan, and it's actually an Omer in an American, and it's a collaboration again, but it, this is all males, priests from all over the world. So we have priests from England, priests from uh, United States, and it's a collaboration of everybody. So everybody records their part, and then I put it all together, and I add my own. So it's a very interesting Everybody that listened to the CD says that they have their own experience. They have their own trendy experience. So I wanted to look at this CD as an instrument of, of, of traveling, not as music because it's not, although it has pleasant sounds, but it's, it's just a traveling journey. You just go into that story and I stage for you sound so that you can travel along. That sounds excellent. Yes. What you have is the in to pan. Right. Him to pan. Okay. Well, I want to thank you very much for your time and hope to have you on again sometime. Thank you so much, Morvan, for having me on uh, your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. That about wraps it up for this episode. You can find the show notes at podcast.morvanwestfield.com. There might not be an episode posted in November 2008. I'm participating in NaNoWriMo, where I'll be attempting to write a 50,000-word novel in one month. See www.nanowrimo.org for more information. I do have two more interviews waiting to be edited, so I should be back on track in December, where you'll be treated to either an interview with Jamal DeFiosa author of a new book on spirit communication called Talk to Me, or with Michelle and Dan from the Out of the Coffin podcast. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to hearing from you. You can leave comments at podcast.morvanwestfield.com or at my main website, www.morvanwestfield.com. Thanks for listening.